This is an Area Code podcast. Hi, everyone. I'm Richard Clark, and you're listening to Video Game Feelings, a podcast about the way video games make us feel and the people who make them. Today on the show, Allegra Frank, a former Polygon.com editor, writer, podcaster, and a current senior editor at Slate, where she covers music, culture, and the internet. you know of Allegra Frank, you probably know her from her various Polygon.com adventures. Before she worked at Slate, she was, for a time, a constant presence on the Polygon show and a number of other Polygon streams, videos, and news updates. At least that's how I know of her. Now that she doesn't have to play assigned video games for a living so much anymore, she's pretty upfront about her preference for games that just remind her of the old days of the simpler times. Playing older games, or or at least games that remind her of older games, is one way to exercise a pretty common pursuit among video game enthusiasts, the the pursuit of nostalgia. And for me, talking to Allegra was an exercise in nostalgia itself. I, I got to talk to her about her more recent experience in video game journalism, and that just reminded me, honestly, of my own experience in video game journalism, which ultimately came to an end more than 10 years ago. I think part of the reason that I started this podcast, honestly, is I miss those days. But sometimes revisiting the old days reminds us that the simple times weren't so great, or or really even so simple in the first place. I think if I didn't, when I was at Polygon, have the chances to like expand it to video and audio as much as I did, I probably wouldn't be chasing that high still. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. I'd probably just say, you know, I miss writing as much as I did, but it's okay. I'll, I still write occasionally. But I just really miss how fun it was to be my real self, but yeah. also be at work. Because, like, writing is an extension of my real self, but it's not like the totality of me. And, yeah. you know, it's like a, it's a more reserved, silent version of me, mm-hmm. very curated and edited down. And of course me on camera or on mic is also a curated and specific version of me, but I loved being able to indulge all of my personalities and yeah. see people respond to that. So yeah, I mean, I when I went to Vox, it was like, So, I mean, you guys do podcasts, want to get me on one? Like, do we Mm -hmm. do videos here? Can I do this? Can I do that? Because writing is fine. Writing is great. That's why I'm here. I love writing. Yeah. But if I am now an editor and that's not my main bag, like, I would, I I wish I could still do the other stuff too on top of it, but it's elusive. It is. The only. The only difference between you and me and what you just said is I hate writing so much. (laughs) It's it's like an existential (laughs) crisis every time I'm writing something uh, and it ruins my life for about a week. And uh, yeah, it's not a healthy situation for me. Oh, man. Well, you're wearing your unwinnable shirt right now, I saw. That's right. Yes. I I mean, 
you I wrote, wrote for, for them. I wrote for them for years. I feel yeah. like I still pay. I still pay for a subscription and read it every now and then and and love it. It's a. Uh, I'm yeah. I love like everything about writing except writing. You know. And yeah, just, the actual act. Yeah. I've heard so many people say that, and I think that's just the way I feel. For a long time, I was literally in the games journalism. Yeah groups right so i was like you know my unwinnable friends or my my kill screen friends were the ones that i would talk to and then just a few other friends. oh kill screen i Love know it. <laughs> it was a wild it was a wild time wow i did uh, but i never went fully mainstream into like mm-hmm. the mainstream games press or anything like that uh anyway you wrote for the fun the cool sites the cool sites that paid you $20 yeah, to write well, an article, yeah. <laughs> to, to have a yeah, nervous not, breakdown not cool. for a week. <laughs> yes, that part is very much not cool. I learned so much. I would not trade it for the world, but holy crap. Yeah, that was not worth it, the money <laughs> at all. That was yeah. not why you're doing it. I feel like part of it, I never thought I was going to be a professional journalist or writer in any sense. And I think part of yeah. it is because I knew that, especially like if I looked to do any kind of freelance thing in college it was always just like yeah write us a thousand word review and it will pay you yeah twenty dollars or nothing or nothing yeah. <laughs> no but i mean i i used to read unwinnable and kill screen more than i would read polygon oh that's awesome <laughs> no offense, polygon. i love that like b- before i worked at polygon and had to read yeah. it um well okay so we always start the podcast with one question which is similar to what a lot of video game podcasts ask, but with a, a spin on it. So, <laughs> what have you what have you been playing, and how has that game made you feel? I am playing Kirby in the Forgotten Land. Nice. Which honestly, game of the year contender. I, love I have it. not touched. Yeah, it's so good. I have not touched anything that isn't by Nintendo right now this year. So, mm-hmm. but like. They be killing it. Kirby, so I'm playing that and I'm loving it. And it's making me feel a special and unique sense of both happiness and nostalgia because mm. the first the first console I had was the N64. And um, we, I remember my sister and I, like we would go to the video store in our town and they had games to rent. And we rented... Kirby 64 because you know we had seen Kirby on TV we thought he was so cute you know we had Smash Brothers so we loved Kirby and we freaking loved that game we ended up our mom was like just keep it we don't have to return it to the video store and we got banned from the video <laughs> store but it was worth it <laughs> so it was fine they closed down anyway it's right. fine um because but, of you. you know because of yeah. people like you <laughs> they probably were like people keep stealing video games right um but yeah so like kirby to me just throws me back to like 2002 i think where it was so exciting to have a home console for the first time and trying out all these new games that we'd only ever seen on TV or played at our friends' houses or watched our friends play. Mm-hmm. And Kirby 64 was just so fun. My sister and I were obsessed. Like Kirby was our everything. That game is such a great, a unique game in that franchise too. It was like, you know, the first really fully 3D Kirby game. But so Kirby and the Forgotten Land is, it's throwing me back to that era a lot of it being the first real Kirby adventure game 
in a while 3D adventure game. It's giving me that same sort of like happy mm. feeling of I'm playing as this adorable character in these really cute settings and it's just so pleasant and charming and so I, I just am playing it and it's a nice like I'll play it while I'm listening to a meeting that I am actually not paying attention to at all and you know <laughs> it's just like mood. yeah I'm just yeah. like at work and I have it on in the background or I'm in my bed and yeah it was a hard day but now I'm settling down with Kirby so it's it's very nice mm -hmm. and that character is so special to me so I've just and it's just a really fun game it's really good kirby does a thing that nintendo does very often which is make a really cute it's a really cute game about kind of monstrous realities <laughs> like yeah. like i'm always struck by this and people joke about it a lot but i'm i'm trying to figure out what makes us what is the is it just like the art style what is the thing that makes us okay <laughs> With what is happening on screen, the thing that like I can't unsee now that G that um that Mario just drops Yoshi in pits all the time. Like I can't stop thinking about that when I play Mario now. Mm -hmm. Um, like, do you ever just stop and go like, uh, this is grotesque? What is really happening here? <laughs> I think in Kirby, it's easy to not. I do feel that way with other games, but with Kirby, mm -hmm. I think it's easy because no one is like humanoid in any way oh not, interesting. like yeah. Yeah. i don't like humans generally so like it's not about <laughs> that but like uh -huh. <laughs> if they were like you know like pokemon i'll feel that way but i think it's because they're more like they're they're animals like in kirby everyone is just kind of like a tiny blobby monster and they don't mm -hmm. have inner lives at all versus mm -hmm. we have seen yoshi be a character and have his own sort of spin off and series and he feels more like a pet or an animal yeah. um versus someone like Kirby is a literal blob who doesn't speak and like is very cute but it, it's I don't worry about him as much but this yeah. one is interesting because of the world that it's set in it's called the forgotten land and th there's not like any dialogue explaining a story or whatever but the whole world is like dilapidated Like every level is in this really like beat up location. And there is something behind that, but like Kirby's not gonna, it's not deep enough. But that does make me feel kind of sad of like, Kirby has been flung into this world that is very depressed and I don't know why and what happened. And so that is a strange uh, combo to look at now. Like a melancholy thing going on. It. Yeah, but it's still like cute music and Kirby is pink and has adorable little hats and stuff and uh -huh. can turn into a vending machine. Like things yeah. like that are still very cute and fun. But then, yeah, it is. There is a melancholic vibe to the setting that he's stuck in this time. You said it's sort of like a combination of happiness and nostalgia. And in my brain, like I just computed a formula like happiness plus nostalgia equals comfort. Mm. Does that feel right to you? Is that is that what you're feeling when you're playing? Yeah, 
it definitely, I think comfort is very much it. It's interesting because happy, happy is happy. Like happy is pretty purely one thing. Yeah. Um, but then nostalgia is, to me, like melancholy is, like nostalgia, you know, like etymologically is, it, it means like something kind of negative or sad. Huh. Like, yeah. you know, wistful. It's a wistful thing. And wistful, mm. it can feel good. But it also, you know, I, I miss those days of being in third grade and getting to go to the video store. So, like, there is definitely something very comforting about being able to return to this series that reminds me of those times. But then also, mm -hmm. as I play, I am reminded of, like, well, I'm playing this alone on my Switch now. This is not me playing this on my N64 with my sister while my mom's in the other room. Like, and I will never have that again. So mm. there is comfort there because it is something familiar, but then there is also the sadness of familiar, but not exactly replicating the original beloved experience. Yeah. It's so interesting because, oh, okay, there's two tracks I want to go on here. <laughs> One is just to point out that the, that is a, like, feels like a direct analog to what's happening in the, the Forgotten Land. Thing, mm. right like it feels like there's a built-in sort of melancholy nostalgia built into the new Kirby which mm -hmm. is really interesting like they caught on to that and somehow tapped into it with the game right um but the other thing is like um this idea of nostalgia being melancholy is really interesting to me because it feels like as I was, as I'm thinking about this podcast, as I'm planning for it, one of the things I keep realizing is nostalgia is going to be a big deal uh, mm -hmm. for this because because it's a thing that it's like it it just always comes up with video games over and over and over. Mm -hmm. Everyone you talk to, they play a video game partially because they're nostalgic for old times. It's such a, it's like a mainstream version of melancholy in a way, which is really interesting. Yeah. Like no one, not a lot of people say actively that they want to be sad, that they're comfortable with melancholy. <laughs> I'm a person who's pretty comfortable with melancholy and likes to watch movies to feel sad sometimes, or just like is fine feeling sad. Yeah. It feels healthy to me. But nostalgia feels like a really, like an accessible version <laughs> of melancholy. Yeah. I'm curious, like, how comfortable you are with melancholy versus nostalgia, and if that is, like, an entry point for you or an addition uh, to the, all of the other versions of melancholy you feel. I feel like nostalgia is so much more communal. Mm. So it's, like, you know, my friends and I will be nostalgic together, and so we're all a little melancholy reminiscing and being nostalgic yeah. for a, a show or a game or a time, but at least that's a shared experience that we're all coming together to recollect. But uh, melancholy, I think that there's something healthy about feeling sad too, and I am not afraid to indulge that, but it is so much more individual for me mm -hmm. to, you know, like when I'm melancholy, I don't, want to impose that upon other people and I don't expect other people to feel the same way I will be impacted in specific situations or have my own specific reaction that will lead me to feeling that way that I can't predict other people will feel and so one of my one of my biggest issues in life is I feel lonely a lot like even if I'm not actually alone mm. and 
And therefore, like, loneliness is very melancholic, so I do feel it a lot, and it is very, it is only further alienating, and that makes it quite difficult. So I think it's healthy to allow yourself to feel every, you know, the entire spectrum of feelings, but that is one that I definitely deal with a lot, and it's hard. Yeah. So um, correct me if I'm wrong, because I can't see your entire life but when i was looking at the internet (laughs) um it seems like you gravitate towards these kinds of games these games that are more comforting more i'm realizing now also tend to be nostalgic they tend to be pretty what i would call like chill games (laughs) right is that right yeah for the most part you know i like cute or sad or from a franchise that's been around for 25 years or whatever. <laughs> Cute, sad, or old. Yes. <laughs> those are the categories. Yes. Um, what are you looking for when you play those games? Like, what are you looking to get out of those games? Definitely, like, f- fun is basic in that, like, it, it is true, though. Like, games, mm-hmm. I think, should be fun. Like, that's why I will never play something like the Dark Souls games or Elden Ring because like to me I'm sorry I just don't see how those could be fun like I don't Uh, like to be challenged I don't like to be lost yeah like I hate open world games for the same reason like I want to know yeah yeah, like I want to know what I'm supposed to do I find it fun to have a set of rules that I am operating in and I like I like things that have realism though too like I love indie like visual novels or like indie walking sims or uh-huh. you know like gone home was such an important game for me yeah. and i love games like florence is one of my favorite games ever mm. and that made me cry like but part of it is like i love a, a strong unique kind of visual style that is accessible and not alienating like i like things that look friendly you know like i like things that make me feel like i won't be alone because they look inviting like they're not dark what what do you mean that make you feel like you won't be alone like yeah what does that mean? like it doesn't have to have a sense of humor and doesn't even have to be relentlessly positive or anything but i like things that have a very fully established world to them or a sense of a world because mm-hmm. then i feel like okay i am putting myself into a place that has rhyme or reason to it internally or like even Mm. just like feels alive um which is i guess maybe partially ironic that i don't like open world games but that's because they're like i feel like i am trying to surmount the, the the things that are keeping me from enjoying that world or like yeah i it's so vast i will never see all of it like i love to be able to see all of a world because the world wants me to be there you know, uh-huh. like a Mario game, you're going to see every level except for the extra hard ones. And that's fine. Yeah. I don't want to be at the hard ones because that's hard. Um, Pokemon, you have to hit every town, things like that. Yeah. And, and it's their worlds that the what you're talking about is worlds that care about you. Yes. <laughs> as, of, as opposed to like I am playing Elden Ring right now. That game doesn't give a shit about me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it does not care about me and I'm fascinated by it. It's really interesting, but you're right. There is a sense of like, oh man, there is an impressive loneliness to that game. It is it is the, yeah. definitely the opposite of what you're talking about for the right. reasons you're talking about, it feels like. Yeah, that's definitely the sense I've gotten of like people take a lot of pleasure out of as I said like surmounting the challenges that a world will you know propose to you 
like in a game like Elden Ring or God, I don't even know. I'm trying to think. Like The Witcher is a game I'm never gonna play. Horizon, <laughs> like right, I right. watched my friend play Horizon. I'm like, no, like the, this is a world where things can kill you. Yeah. Every like everything can kill you, and it's so big it knows you're not gonna see all of it. And it's mm-hmm. just eerily quiet versus like in a Mario game, like freaking the blocks will smile at you or like, <laughs> you know, or like gone, right. <laughs> gone home is like in one house. Like you're going to, they want you to look at everything. Yeah. Or yeah. Just I was like say like a gone world, gone, gone world, gone <laughs> home is an open world game in a way. It's just yeah. very small and dense, which I really appreciated. Right. How they did that. Yeah, like I love Firewatch, which is similarly like open world, but in a much more contained area. Like I don't want to totally be moving from left to right all the time. Like and even like, you know, Firewatch and Gone Home are very different from something like Pokemon. Mm -hmm. But I love that Pokemon. Yeah, I could theoretically go to this town with Gym 4 before I'm even on Gym 4. Like there are things to see and I have some semblance of control about when I'm going to see them, but there's a limit to the amount of things I can see. Like yeah. that's, I, although ironically I loved no man's sky, which is the literal antithesis of what I'm describing. Yeah. So, I, I couldn't deal with that game. <laughs> there are exceptions to rules. I yeah. like, I loved it when it came out, which is when everyone hated it. I thought like, and that's the kind of game I normally would never like, like, there's yeah. octillion worlds and there's poisonous planets where if you go, you will die instantly. But I think and, the fact- And no one made it to care. No one made yeah. it. No one made any of those worlds. They just yes. happen to exist. They, and they yeah. definitely don't care if you discover them or not. Exactly. But there was something, I mean, I think it was just a, a very large exception to my rule. I think it was mm-hmm. just like the sheer vastness of it is so polar opposite to everything else I enjoy that there's something I kind of love about that like I yeah. kind of love that I have been so I've been playing for 30 minutes and I've just been in a spaceship in space and I do not know where I'm going <laughs> and you know it's actually pretty easy to be left alone in that game which I like yeah. um yeah like I like games that are they as you said they care about you the worlds care about you and your existence within them Mm -hmm. is this struggle with feeling lonely does that have something to do with why you play games in front of people in public on twitch like you have a twitch stream often i think um is (laughs) is this part of the impulse that causes you to do that you know it's funny i would say no for me games is actually like it's generally been a pretty private pursuit like i don't really like I hate online multiplayer games except for Splatoon, Mm. but I love Splatoon because there's no voice chat. And also like, it's just really fun. I, I like, if I would play a game online with a friend, I was like, I'm sorry, I'm not going to talk. Like, I don't want to be on mic. Like I (laughs) don't want to, I'm in my zone. I don't like when people watch me play a game either. Like if we're at my house, we're going to play Mario Kart or Smash. That's totally fine. But that's a different Mm -hmm. scenario. Like when I would do Twitch streams, like if you recall, like, I mean, this is deep Allegra lore, but if you remember things like back in the day when I would do videos, like I, the streams I would do at Polygon were usually me just being like the 
non-playing sidekick to a person playing a game. Oh, okay. Yeah. Or I had like a show with my friend Patrick, who's still at Polygon, where we just watched game cinematics. Like, okay, <laughs> I almost yeah. never actually played a game on stream. Mm-hmm. Like, and I would go be on my friend's streams, and I would very much not want to be the one playing. Even now, like, I do streams with my my boyfriend. Oh, would you look at the time? Is our Twitch channel A W Y L A T T? Yeah, and I usually want him to play like i usually don't want to play i like to be a commentator i think i think there's the loneliness that i feel is satisfied by community like when i'm not playing game like otherwise i love being part of a gaming community like Mm -hmm. learning about games and talking to people about games and reading other people's thoughts on games yeah. Far more than I like to play games for people because I get really self-conscious because I'm not good at games. So I don't like people watching me and being like, oh, get good. Because no, <laughs> right? it's I've been playing games yeah. for 22 years. I am not getting any better. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's just not happening. Do you think of video games as an escape? Is that is that like a reason or a primary reason no. you come to video games? Not for no. me. No. Okay. Like, I've never been a person who likes escapism. Mm -hmm. Like, I part part of it is like my genres I I choose are not particularly escapist. Like, yeah, like they feel escapist. I mean, they do. Like, Pokemon is escapist in a way, but like, I'm thinking more about books, which I think feels more escapist to me than a video game. It's harder for me to take myself out of my own world when I'm playing a game. Like I'm always doing another thing or like something else is happening. Uh But like a book is something that I feel like is a real form of escapism, but I don't feel like it is for me because I don't like fantasy. You know, like Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. me, like escapism, I don't know, for some reason it's related to genre of like, if I'm reading or watching or playing something realistic or whatever, like that's not going to be escapist for me. Yeah. And that's the kind of fiction I usually like. But then with video games, like, yeah, I love Pokemon. There's nothing realistic about that. Or Kirby is there are no humans in that, but I don't mm-hmm. think of it as escapist. Like other than Pokemon, I, there are no, I don't want to be in those worlds myself. Like I am very much being me playing those games. Like, yeah, I would say they're not so, so much escapism. That's such an interesting observation because it, it it does occur to me that you could use a f- high fantasy like book to escape into that yeah. makes sense on its face. But the kinds of games you're playing actually like the more realistic game seems like it would lend itself to escapism. A Grand Theft Auto, for <laughs> instance, would yeah. lend itself to escapism versus a Kirby or a Mario Odyssey or something, which yeah. really is fine if you drop in and out. You don't feel bad yeah. <laughs> ignoring the little smiley blocks or whatever. Yeah, I think when I've played games, so as I said, like, I don't drive. Like, I do not know how to drive. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> so when I play games that allow me to drive, like, not Mario Kart, like, Mafia 3, I remember playing that, yeah. um, which is not a game I normally would ever play. But I was playing some of it with a coworker and there was a part where you have to drive a car and that felt incredibly escapist for me because not only am I playing as a man who is wielding multiple weapons, but I'm also driving a car 
And mm-hmm. this is like, it's in New Orleans. Like this is a real world setting. And I was obeying traffic laws. And I was like, <laughs> you know, like I was stopping at stoplights in the game. Mm-hmm. Like it felt very real in that sense. Like, yeah, yeah you know, I, I've never played GTA, but I imagine that could be very similar too. Yeah. Even though yeah. with books or shows, like I think of fantasy as more escapist, as you said, like a you know, Game of Thrones yeah. to me seems like escapist fiction, but a Game of Thrones like Elden Ring or Elder Scrolls don't seem necessarily as escapist as video game for video games. Is there a game or a type of game that you come back to over and over again? Yes. Uh, okay. Right now, that game is Spell Tower. The literal game huh. is Spell uh-huh. Tower, which is a Zach Gage game. I remember that game. It's really good. I mean, it's freaking yeah. hard. Um, I love games like that, like little puzzle games. Those are mm-hmm. the kinds of games I'll get obsessed with. Peggle is like one of my oh, favorite. Peggle. Exactly. Peggle, Peggle 2, yeah. Peggle Knights. The, yeah. I had Peggle Dual Shot on DS, which was like Peggle and Peggle Knights. Yeah. And obsessed with that game. Like, I love anything like that that's like very repetitive but it's not the same it's like okay this is how you play but Mm. every time you play it it'll be like a little different like you can't just win it every time and that's a challenge but it's like those are the kinds of challenges that feel like achievements to me versus beating a really hard boss is just annoying that's also that's also a game that cares about you too yeah peggle does that very proactive like you're doing great yes it plays ode to joy when you win it's (laughs) it's so nice yeah i love that like i love i I used to play um (laughs) yokai watch wibwob no, Wibble Wobble. Okay. Was it Wibble Wobble or Wibble Wobble? It, that was just like a little like um, match game on your phone. Uh, Pokemon <laughs> Troze on my DS I played, and that is now known as uh, Pokemon Shuffle. But uh-huh. real ones, no. Troze. Uh-huh. Um, Freaking love that game. Like anything like that I find. Yeah. Also because I'm, I have really bad attention span and probably – partially because I watch a lot of TV and play a lot of games and just stare at screens. But I need to do something that I can do other things while I'm doing it. Like if Uh, I can listen to music and play this thing, that's good. Or if I'm like walking and can play this thing or watching TV and I can do this thing. Do you ever get bored by a game? Is there a game that's ever like too easy or too chill or too cute? Do you get bored with it? Uh, Stardew Valley? Honestly, and I love Harvest Moon, but I I don't know. Maybe it wasn't that I got bored. I think it was just like the barrier of entry is so high. Like there's so much you have to do before that game or even Harvest Moon gets fun. And so I'll just like get (laughs) bored before I'm like, I can't put in this time commitment. Like when I was younger, I would do that for Harvest Moon because what else Uh am I doing? But now, I mean, what else am I doing now either? But like Stardew, I just am like... I can't. I have own, I own that game on almost every console I own. <laughs> and I have played it for maybe three hours total. I literally have at least five copies of that game, like digital copies. That's funny. You kept trying, like, maybe if I play it this way, I will like it. Yeah. I mean, part of it is, like, I don't like playing games on a console anymore, partially because of my yeah. attention. So, like, mm-hmm. 
I have a PS5 now and I, I love having one, but I get really bored of console games because I need to be able to do something else. Um, so I bounced off of Stardew Valley a number of times. I, I loved it every time I played it, but like couldn't mm-hmm. keep going. I never got past summer, yeah. basically. And um, I've recently started playing on my phone. This is the way to play the game, for the record. The port is extremely well done. You can just tap on things and water them, which is really nice. Mm -hmm. You can literally just drop in and out and, like, do a thing real quick, like, in line or whatever. I know this is, like, an obvious thing, but it really changed my relationship to the game in a lot of ways. I desperately wanted to love that game. Yeah. Because it makes me feel better, (laughs) like, in a way no other game has but i couldn't stick with it like for a lot of the reason you're talking about. i should de- mobile is the one platform i don't own stardew valley on already <laughs> you're gonna get a six one so I, I i also own it on a number of platforms i think i own it on mac and switch mm-hmm. and xbox yep i have it on ios i i need to get it on ios i have it on switch ps3 i think and nice. PS4, maybe not PS3 also. <laughs> Mac, PC. Mm-hmm. I don't think I had it on 3. Yeah, you know, it's like on yeah. everything. And that, I agree, is the kind of game that I think normally I would freaking love. But I, like, I love, it has such a great art style. It's based on one of my favorite franchises growing up. It's so sweet and pleasant, but there's so much to do. And I just like, yeah, I got yeah, you know, real bored, real fast. Well, but you, I'll try. You play a lot of Animal Crossing, right? Are you used to? I don't play a ton right now, but like you know, mm-hmm. Animal Crossing is one of my favorite genres of all or yeah. series of all time for sure. This one I've and put two hundred thirty hours into or something, but that's, that's a lot of hours. <laughs> but I like I was obsessed, and I'm not as obsessed right now. But Animal Crossing, yes, I love Animal Crossing. What's the difference between Animal Crossing and Stardew Valley? Well, I think for me, it's probably partially because I've been playing Animal Crossing since 2002. Uh So, like, I think maybe as an adult, if I tried playing Animal Crossing now for the first time, might have been more trying. But, like, Animal Crossing isn't as overwhelming to me. Like, it's it's slow to start, but I think it's pretty clear what you're supposed to do, and it doesn't give you 8 million things. And I feel like it's not, it doesn't take that long to see the results of your efforts. Versus Stardew Valley, I felt like, I'm just getting so tired so fast and I don't can't afford to have any livestock and these guys don't like me enough yet. Like everything took so long mm-hmm. and there were so many different things Yeah. versus Animal Crossing. There aren't that many different things and it's gotten so much easier. I mean, please, like you used to have to work for Nook and do actual part-time work and he... People don't know how good they have it with these new Animal Crossing games. We used to have to work. <laughs> but it's just like, <laughs> you, used to have a, you had no real clothes. It was crazy. You lived in a tent. People don't get it. But um, yeah, so I, I just, the difference to me is like, it takes way less time to ramp up. All right. To help you name your emotions. It's a wheel that has lots of feelings on them, but it's in the middle of the wheel is like uh, very basic feelings like happy, sad, mad, other things. Those emotions break out into more complex emotions within those emotions. So in 
in uh, fearful, they're scared, anxious, insecure, weak, rejected, threatened, for instance. And then those emotions are broken down. Each one has two more specific ones. So under scared, it's as helpless or frightened. Under weak, it's worthless and insignificant. Basically, the, they get more specific as you go out, right? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to spin my version of this feelings wheel and it's going to land on one of these feelings. It's like 50 something or something. Oh, um, wow. Okay. Um, there's a lot of different ones and the one it lands on, I'm going to ask you to tell me a video game that has made you feel that way. Ooh. Okay. So the winner is energetic. Um, Energetic is a subset of excited, which is a subset of surprised. So, um, interesting. It, what's a game that's made you feel energetic? Okay. I have two that came to mind immediately. Mm -hmm. And they were Rock Band 2 and Elite Beat Agents. <laughs> yeah. So, I guess I love a that. rhythm game. Uh huh. I think it's like, well, they make me feel energetic because there's literally like a rhythm to it and something like rock band, you're actually putting your body into it to hit all the notes and mm -hmm. like that. And same with elite beat agents, not the body part, but like you're trying to hit all the notes and it's getting faster and faster and harder and harder. And it would get really exciting to learn mm -hmm. that I could keep up as I got onto harder difficulties. So that was always very energizing where it was like okay the music is really good there's a beat I'm really getting into it like I'm learning these patterns I, f I yeah. felt very on top of the world and accomplished when playing those games and both of those games I played a lot Rock Band 2 I played like 70 hours of or something did you Just play with alone. people I played it with friends but then I also would like practice a lot by myself yeah, yeah you know i just do the guitar and bass parts over and over and over until i master them on a certain difficulty by myself for sure yeah. but that one was fun to play with other people too for of course the the rock band time was such a specific time <laughs> yeah i i really wish we could get it back because those are some really unique experiences that you just you just don't get there's no other way to get it without those stupid plastic instruments yeah, I Which mean, talk about nostalgia and melancholy thinking about it now. Like, <laughs> there. Do you watch the show Love Is Blind on Netflix? No, I, I can't get away from it. But no, I have not seen okay, it. Okay, no. well, this season on Love Is Blind, there was this one woman named Danielle, and mm -hmm. a big plot point was that she and the guy she was engaged to were going to move into his place. But she had a lot of stuff and she didn't want to part with it. And so he was like, well, you got to get rid of these these games. And she's like, I'm not getting rid of my rock band instruments. And I need all of those. And I want them out because I play it a lot. And that became a huge fight because this woman still had her full rock band kit out, like the drum and everything. And he was like, you can't bring that. I don't have room for that in my house. And she's like, you have to find a way. I'm not getting rid of this. And then in the reunion, they were like, so did you figure out where to put her rock band stuff? And she's like, yes, my rock band controllers are, have a dedicated spot now. And I've gotten him into rock band. And I was like, honestly, I am so jealous of you. 
Yeah, that's incredible. That argument, I relate fully to both sides. I yeah. like totally agree. Like those are ridiculous to have to have and keep, mm-hmm. but um, it's worth it. It's super worth I it. To, like, I was like, yeah. I want to be friends with these people, but I, I don't <laughs> yeah. want that in my house. Like totally. It's like, I don't, I'm looking at my living room. I don't know where I would put the drum kit right now, mm-hmm. but I That's want the way it. to do it is to get, you, you want to get friends with rock band. Yeah. You don't want to have the rock band. Yes. You don't want to be the friends with the rock exactly. band. Exactly. I was the friend with the rock band, but my parents <laughs> did not like that. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, so yeah, I am yeah. now just the friend without any any rock band or rock band friends. Right. That's so sad. So sad. And that's a full circle into melancholy <laughs> and nostalgia. Yes. Nostalgia, even the melancholy kind, serves a purpose. It can be too easy to move on from the past without really processing it. Sometimes I think that nostalgia is our brain telling us we're not done with mining the past quite yet. Memories tend to hide themselves, but for me, when I'm catching up with friends or even talking to Allegra about the things we did back in the day, it conjures up those memories I had forgotten a long time ago, you know? When Allegra brought up Rock Band, it reminded me of the unique opportunity I had just in having friends over regularly to my house who were willing to let loose enough just to play plastic instruments for a while. We compete against each other to see who's better at using those plastic instruments, and and that's the memory. But the nostalgia part is where we remind ourselves that it wasn't about those plastic instruments or winning some arbitrary competition. It was about those relationships and those moments. There's a whole new set of people in my life now. We never played rock band together. We do other things. And now that I've spent some time thinking about it, I I think I understand why those early relationships changed. That entire group of friends just moved on and cultivated new friendships, new partnerships, and entirely new families. And those new relationships, they're entirely too crowded by new discoveries, passions, and commitments to give way to a rock band session. And I I mean, when your life is this full, it's hard to include space for a bunch of plastic instruments anyway. Maybe understanding that just means nostalgia is serving its purpose. of stuff Allegra has written and edited over at Slate.com. She's also a regular guest on one of my favorite podcasts, the Slate Culture Gab Fest. And she still streams every now and then over at Awe, Would You Look at the Time, which you can find at A-W-Y-L-A-T-T.com. I'd love to hear from you. What's a game that made you feel energetic? Tweet at us or send a voice memo to me at Richard at area code network.com and maybe it'll end up on the show if you like this podcast follow us on twitter at vidgamefeelings and of course rate and review us on apple podcast and spotify video game feelings is an area code production you can find out more at areacodeaudio.com it's produced written and hosted by me richard clark associate producer is ashley whitehurst our theme music is by bruce holtman
This is an area code podcast.